You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Um, I'm John, um, the host tonight. Um, the other John can't make it, unfortunately. Um, but we do have a five-star panel. Um, first of all... Um, Recurring guest, um, Air Force One. Alan, how are you doing? Hi, John. Hi, thanks very much for having me. Uh, I am good. I'm glad the season's over and uh, we can watch the real football now. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in case anyone um, who read Twitter today, um, this this isn't actually Gary Deans that's on. Um, I couldn't find a picture <laughs> that um, resembled you, so apologies for that, Alan. <laughs> I knew you'd take the joke. Um, uh, now for our, our guest, so um, we have the, well, we were going to say the lower league expert, but this season well, is hammered. Well, <laughs> well, well, okay, no, I'm not going to make any excuses, but I mean, I didn't get a text at the weekend to try and catch his up again, because he's like, it's not even the end of the season yet, David, you know what I mean? Not been me. So, uh, you didn't get a chance, you know? I didn't get a chance. What's John will tell you. How, how long did we I don't to get used the, the wins? It was 96, 97 minutes. His goals appearing everywhere, and I'm, I'm sitting pretty. And then I go, I'll just go for a pint. I've won that. And then when I come back, they've got the points. To be fair, the last five minutes has been unbelievable. Yeah, it looked as though you were going to run away like, in December and stuff. Well, I did, because I stopped the game in 90 minutes. <laughs> What was it then? Was it a long Christmas hangover, was it? Is that what you've been... No, just the amount of, You must admit, the amount of goals... You know, and by the way, I'm not a guy that sits defence like the rest of the boys. If you put scores up, which she's done for half the season, you went first. I come in, I'm not going to copy you, Paul. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to copy them. What I'm going to do is just put a different score in, a draw or an away win or whatever. And then at one each, say it's Partick Thistle against whoever, Montreux, one each, 94th minute, goal... Brian Graham, and that gets you the points. That happened to me six or seven times, so, you know, I could have easily been an easy street. Then. You up for doing it again next year? Absolutely. Fabulous. Revenge. Well, mate, well, um, <laughs> yeah. well, it's one all in the overall series, so let's see who yeah. gets through one up. <laughs> okay. Um, but we've got another man of many clubs on. Um, David Irons, how are you doing, David? Not bad, John. Nice to have you. Nice to speak to you all again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to speak to you again. Um, and to complete the... Well, we've now got um, a third Thistle connection here because also Ali played for the club, David um, played for the club, and we have a supporter of the club, Paul Goodman of Scottish Football Supporters Association. Paul, welcome along. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Apart from the scoreline tonight, I'm feeling fine. Yes, um, <laughs> as, <laughs> um, I must say, as we're recording, um, the part of the Premiership quarter-final playoff between Partick Thistle and Inverness ended up 2-1 to the Jags, but not the Partick Jags, the Inverness Jags. Um, Paul, I have to say, um, Thistle were looking pretty after 70 minutes. They were 1-0 up. Didn't really look as there was a lot of pressure. What happened? Uh, I think uh, even at one each, uh, the young lad, the Colombian lad that we've got on loan from Rangers missed a sitter that, quite honestly, I, I think uh, anybody could have scored, really. It was just an absolutely... Gift, and he could either he had to do is miss hit it, hit the ball hard, do anything. That he lobbed it over the bar and fell down, looked rolling over as if he'd been shot. So, uh, at 2 1, I think they would have been comfortable. But listen, Inverness are a good side, and Thistle, Partick Thistle have been rubbish for weeks now. So, 
is maybe no surprise. But it's not over. It's not over. We know it's not over yet. Yeah, it might be better for you playing the um, Inverness's part, which has grass on it. Um, <laughs> that's something that Farrell's been struggling yes. for. To be fair, it's not helped the fact that Queen's Park have been playing there. Um, and hopefully yeah. when Queen's Park moving their stadium, the Farrell patch will be back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, although Ali, you didn't need grass when you were playing. You were because um, the ball was perfect for you. But the grass, Christ, you couldn't see the ball for the length of the grass. We didn't have any. In fact, Paul will remember when I, when I was at Thistle. When I was at Thistle, just after Davy, I think when when it was a save the Jags time, I remember the, the wee groundsman there. He cut. He used to cut the grass with a lawnmower. A lawnmower. <laughs> didn't have money. And that was the reason why. I, I'm not kidding you. I see. I went on a big bit of rope. And by the way, he done it perfectly. That but. It was a lawn mower, about <laughs> six hours, seven hours. And, uh, and you're, you're not talking about a petrol lawn mower, that was a fly mower. No, it was, it was a fly mower. I'm telling you, it was brilliant. <laughs> David Jag, man, brilliant. Magic. Best thing ever. Yes, yeah, superb days then. Um, I'll be honest, I thought Inverness would win tonight. They've been in great form, um, haven't they, David? Yeah, I watched it. I thought, Thistle, Cali Thistle, that is. I think they just shaded it. I think they'd have played a wee bit better than Thistle, a wee bit more composed than Partick looked. Um, Thistle tend to go direct. Relied, maybe relied a wee bit too much on Tiffany. Um, yeah. So, no, I thought Cali maybe just thought they just shaded it tonight. But it's not over, as Paul says, I think. Go, Liverpool. Is it? Yeah. And uh, okay, you'll never guess who scored. <laughs> Fabinho Fabinho the big guy <laughs> Ali unless it's Sandy say? Robertson but no care. I know <laughs> that football I know that is mate I know but, but, but uh, you need, they needed a goal so there you go and you need to score I said that at the top of the show <laughs> yeah so um, yeah there we are so Alan um, you're obviously an outsider to the championship chat um, for now it's something that you're getting used to so um, you know in terms of um Inverness and Partick, you know, Inverness were expecting the playoffs. I think, to be fair, Partick, given the fact they've just come up from your division last season, they would have taken the playoffs at the start. Absolutely. I mean, Partick have done uh, brilliant. That's all you can really hope for when you get promoted if you can, I suppose, stay in the leagues first and then it's uh, anything else a bonus. So Partick will be thrilled. And watching the game, it was a game a few chances in the first half sort of opened up um, in the second. And uh, I, it'll be exciting to see. We've actually, um, we've just... Uh, Obviously, released uh, ten players today um, for the contracts, and uh, one of the guys that's going is uh, Anton Dowd. He's signed a pre-contract with Partick um, for next season, so um, he obviously did well for uh, our broth and came back and did really well for us. So um, obviously, add to their firepower um, losing after losing Rudden, but aye, um, no, they'll be chuffed a bit for that. Your new manager will sort them out, though, Alan. Aye. Ah, that's it. Um, it's exciting times. Um, if John McGlynn. Ah, John McGlynn chan- Paul Smith. Aye. We've 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 got Magent uh, McGlynn, Super John McGlynn. So uh, <laughs> that'll be the chant. But, 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 but you know, when you, when you look back at the, the season and you look at the ins and outs of players and managers and things, I mean, some of the clubs have made an absolute Roger Hunt, haven't they? Really, you know? I mean, I'm not being funny. I mean, what is going on? For them? Seriously, you know, starting away at the Goodwillie fiasco. And, and whatever happened there, John, and 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 the chat, and, and you know, Wraith were actually going okay, and then 
the wee cup wins kind of papered over some cracks and then look at Falkirk, a club that, you know, should 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 they be anywhere near than the the disarray in the background, Alan, and the, and the, the way the club's ran and the amount of the support they've got and things. And they've just not been anywhere for about four or five years, maybe even longer than that. Totally ridiculous. And the Anton Dowd thing, and that's, you know, allowing a player, a boy that could score goals for them, first and foremost, going to a broth with Big Nubly, who the two of them done really well up front for, for both and helped him kind of get to the top of the league. And... To allow him to just go, he's away to rivals again. I mean, well, he's away to, sorry, the league above, but um, I can't even understand who, who's making the decisions. It's some, some of these decisions at the clubs. It's terrible, really terrible. Uh, I think it's I think it's a case of, obviously, you've got the... Well, we'll come, we'll, I'm sure we'll come to League One later and we can talk yeah. about folk and you can, I can get a slag in for that. But, um, <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of losing some of the names, I'm, it's... It's shocking, um, but then you've got to look at the players and say, well, what are they seeing that we don't know that's obviously they didn't want to stay? But then you look at McGlynn. McGlynn's obviously, he's he's got experience getting out of League One, um, mm-hmm. and he's obviously, he, when he kept him in the league, he's, well, he's won the cup. So it's a case of, could uh, could he do it again? Um, why is he coming to him? What, what kind of project is he seeing that he's not seeing at Wraith? Um, so... I think he's maybe getting a two or three year deal instead of a year deal. I think that's what they're talking about up at Wraith Rovers. So I think that's that's a telling thing, you know. That's that's what it's talking about. What more can he do um, with that Wraith Rovers team as well? He's he's had them in the playoffs um, uh, last season. He was on the verge of them again this year before um, basically shit hit the fan. Um, And um, he did win a trophy. So what more can he do with Wraith Rovers side that's now losing money um, yeah. Lost a lot of credibility. Um, you know, I really fear for Wraith Rovers next season. And the fact that some of the board are still backing this move that for goodwill, it's unbelievable. That's that. I think that was a nail in the coffin for a lot of fans up there, John. I, I think a lot of them were, were kind of better with the devil, you know, kind of thing. You know, John, he's a steady shot. He can maybe get us to the playoffs. Then he went about three, but was it three and seventeen they won or something like that? Three games in seventeen games they won, and and fans were asking questions. And then that came on board. It was a split with the board. It was just that they were all in a fighting, and it was just you know, and that was the end of it for John McGlynn. I think I don't think he could be. I think he, he was getting forced to make statements and things, and I, I don't think he was comfortable with that. So. Maybe the best thing is for him. And by the way, I think it'd be, I think it'd be, I think it'd be well at Falkirk a day. Okay. I think Aye. if anybody can do well at Falkirk, it's John McGlynn, Alan, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, totally I, I think I think as well. I mean, we, the thing is, obviously, Falkirk still look like a team in disarray, uh, but there is a lot of movement. Like every week, you're seeing new positions or people moving on or moving away um, and stuff being reshuffled in the background. So there is a lot of movement. And but the, the main talk for us this season has been if we do not get promoted this season, which we didn't, obviously, um, we have to get promoted next season. Otherwise, there's a real risk of part-time football. And that's the state we're at at Falkirk. So, obviously, in terms of all guns blazing, um, we've signed, hopefully, get, get that deal over the line, get the right manager, and then get the players in that he wants. Because that's ten, losing 10 players, and we've not renewed any of the deals for the loan players. So, you're looking at 13, 14 players, a lot of who are starters, um, who are moving on. Um, I mean, you've got guys like uh, Gary Miller and um, Dixon, two, like, uh, two of the oldest players in the squad, loads of experience. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you if you'd offered them another deal under McGlynn, they probably would have stayed. So there's obviously been some talk about there to move them on. Yeah. Um, so 
I've got every faith in him, but I had every faith last season in Sheeran, so <laughs> we'll yeah. just see how it you've, got, you've got to look at the you've got to look at the squad, Alan, and think, I mean, why would you keep any of them? I mean, they've failed miserably in League Aye. One. You know, Aye. I think looking back to the when we did the chat at the start, I think we all thought Falkirk would be up there, yeah. challenging very least playoffs, very least. Not one yeah. of us had them promoted though, David. Not, I think that says where they were at. Yeah. But I just, I think everybody knows it just seemed to be a shambles. They just seem to be yeah. behind the scenes. There's been so much bickering. I mean, the decision to appoint managers, coaches, never never stuck with anyone. I look back to the time of Lee Miller. They were top of the league. And they got rid of Lee Miller. And they fell just from, I think, top right out. Of, I think they maybe ended up in the playoffs, but they just seemed to... You know... It goes back Sorry, further than that. It goes back to Peter Houston. I mean, Peter aye, Houston sorry, just, aye. you know, he, he missed out. It. Yeah, and he, and he missed out in the, you know, in, in the season that there was, there was Hearts and then there was Hibs and there was Rangers and Rangers, they were competitive yeah. and the fans weren't happy that he didn't get them promoted that year. You know, know, fast forward a few years and what a, what a shambles. And it goes back to the thing, what the hell the fans know? But I suppose you could say with the players and all that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that the Falkirk AGM at the early season was um, the. Oh, big that, that was probably one. There was a lot of statements that night. <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, I mean, in terms of in terms of PR or jokes, I mean, all fun facts would have had a brilliant time. Um, we're just watching that whole thing for content, but. I think it, like you look at the parallels between us and Wraith, and you look at if there's bad feelings around the club, then that can that carries heavily into a team and into, into the sort of um, how every result's portrayed. Because you can lose games and still feel positive, but if, the, if there's that negativity around the club, and then you lose games, it just compounds and it's just one after another. So I mean, no, that did, that set the tone. I mean, the only thing that's positive is we're seeing a lot of movement on the back of that. Obviously, Dean's is gone, which is good. Um, uh, Gary hopes away and other, and that was a that was a big call for a lot of the fans. And I guess now's the final step is we're now clearing the squad. Out. Um, like David's saying, there is a lot of players that they didn't get us promoted. Um, a lot of them are inconsistent. Like Telfer's away. Um, he's a player who I actually would have wanted to stay. But um, again, a lot of fans have been saying actually he's a one and he'll, he'll give you one game in five, and that's just not enough. Um, so um, ah, yeah, I mean, the clear it's probably something that's needed. Um, and we'll just we'll see what happens in the summer. I mean, we've got a manager now who's, who's got draw to him, um, mm-hmm. and he and if he's believing in a project, he can sell that to to some players. And I mean, there's no shortage of players in the league who've um, he'll be out of contract at the end of the season, um, and he'll want to still add that to the Falkirk books. It's still a club players will want to go to Alan. You know what I mean? It's full time football Aye. facilities, good manager. It's a, there's still an attractive option for players. You absolutely, know, so. absolutely. I think if you can, if you can play play smart as well, you've got doubts for East Fife. I think it was, um, and there's a lot of jokes there that you know, it means that you'll know eventually play for Dunfermline. But uh, it's uh, if we can be smart about signings and, and no waste any any money or like on a Griffiths situation, then we'll see how it goes. But um, I no, no, definitely. I think I think there's a bit. Now that the season's done, we can sort of take a breather and then we've got a chance to reboot and just see who we bring in in the summer. Um, but the first things first, get the McGlynn deal over the line, and then we can start getting excited. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Falkirk can finally get back in the Championship for next season. But a team going out of the Championship um, is Kilmarnock. They're going back into the top flight after one season. I think most of us predicted that they would win the league. What we didn't expect, that the closest challengers would be the only part-time team in the league, Arbroath. And what a Friday night we had a couple of weeks ago when Kilmarnock were playing Arbroath in front of pretty much nearly a full house. Um, the only bit that wasn't sold out was... Of a little section of our both section, but let's be honest, our both did well to bring what two thousand odd fans down from our both. Cracking night, um, cracking game of football, and come out at clinched at the end. Um, probably deserve to be champions then, but it was harder work than they thought it was going to be, lads, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, John. Um, I didn't, I didn't particularly think it was a good game to be honest with you. I thought it was a bit, I thought it was a bit. Second half is quite not saying that. David was talking about, or you were talking about earlier on the Tranmere Rovers thing, you know, back to front thing. I don't like that part whatsoever. I don't. I mean, Falkirk's far better, far superior. Um, I don't like that surface for the top league, I'm afraid. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but Kelly, Kelly got there in the end. I went down, I went down to watch them play Air United just about a few weeks before. And then Air turned them over 2 1. And it was, I think it was one of Derek and Tony's first. I think it was our second or third game. And um, I thought, oh, gee, you know, the Boo Boys were out, you know, and I thought, here we go. But they managed to turn it around. Big Lafferty was a big letdown that night. <clears throat> and I know for a fact that he got a few stern words said to him, um, for Derek, and I think that was the turning point. I think he went on and started battering in the goals and started getting the victories for him. So I think he was a big a big sign for him at that time. I think he kind of turned the corner a wee bit and got them out of the line, but as you say, our growth were magnificent and um, our support was brilliant, so fair play to them. I actually don't think, I think our growth will, will toil now to, to, to get wins or maybe even try and get there, you know, but I think that was a shot. But no, Kilmarnock deserved, I thought they deserved to win the league or the, or the, the full season. I mean, you, Ali, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of pressure on Kilmarnock to win the league. Yeah. And I think the players dealt with that I know there was a few hiccups along the way, but they mm-hmm. dealt with it. They got over the line. You know what it's like, Ali, when you're playing with a team that's expecting to win games, expecting to go over the line. It's you know, there's just needs one or two of them to get a bit nervy and a bit jittery and no yeah. no wanting the ball. But I thought Derek and Tony came in at a time where they just managed to steady the ship, get themselves back back in top of the league and as I say, they go over the line. I think they deserve to beat a broth on the night, but oh credit. To do what he's done at a growth, but like you, Ali, I think it might be a, just a step too far in the playoffs. You know, they've had that disappointment. Although they bounced back and hammered Morton, was it four or whatever it was at the weekend? Yeah, in half, right? Um, but I think, but I believe Morton had a lot of young players playing. So, um, but no, it'll be interesting to see if they can go again and try and beat whatever thistle they play, whether it's Cali Thistle or Partick Thistle before they, they play. Well, it looks like St. John's at the moment, but who knows? Yeah, my, my, my hunch on it is, I think it, it was a good thing for Arbroath to finish second because um, I think had they been the quarterfinal, they'd probably told tonight, but at least they've got that extra week's recovery before the, the semi-final, and if they're lucky enough to get through. I just think St. John's and... Um, will maybe have enough over the, the two games in whatever games they're playing. I think it will be St. Johnston. I think that defeats um killed them. But you just never know. It was, it's always good to see um someone come up um rather than the same team staying in. But 
Um, we we'll just need to wait and see what happens. Um, we probably do this every year. I like to ask Paul and Alan as well, but do they still think that the playoff thing's a good idea? Or I'm an old traditionalist. I, I, Paul, I've always liked to two up, two down, and I know that maybe people say that kind of spells it, but you know, it just seems yeah. to me that you know that that, that, that's, that allows teams to stay up. Then, didn't it? If you're bottom, you're bottom. Yeah, listen, I grew up with that. You know, the drama, that's what you were used to. And yeah. it feels weird. The team that finished, if you look at Partick Thistle, you know, they limped across the line to get to the playoffs. Um, did they really deserve to be there? Well, not over the last six or seven weeks, mm-hmm. they didn't. Um, so it's given them a chance that they probably don't ordinarily deserve. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of it, Ali, is that, you know, it's bringing in revenue, it's televised games, yeah. uh, it's, given, it's given more tight uh, clubs a, a bite at it. And I think the difficulty you've got from a fan's perspective is if you are that, those teams that finish third or fourth, the chances of you getting up, well, none of them ever have achieved it so far because it's so heavily weighted on the Premiership team. Um, and then obviously the team that finished second. So maybe it's just a wee bit extra revenue and a bit of extra, you know, kudos yeah. uh, and gives you something to fight for. But uh, yeah, I, I get the two up, two down thing. But I think you, if you if you wind up the clock back, the season would be over now and yeah. we wouldn't be talking about things like that. So Not I exactly. think it's worth having. I think exactly. the fans like it. They, fight, they do like it. I uh, am. Um... Just, just to double down on that, I mean, some of the, one of the best games I've won, best series of games I ever went to was when we got to the playoff um, final and we had the first leg at Falkirk Stadium, beat Kelly 1-0 uh, and went away and got humped 4-0. Four, four so it was <laughs> the, the, that, that whole journey um, down to Kelly, uh, just having that experience, uh, I, I just, just having that opportunity, that um, I, th- I think it does make it more exciting, but I, I get... I understand completely with the two up to doing, um, but for us, uh, they're having that opportunity if you finish third or fourth, um, just uh, just for mere games in the season, mere competitive games at higher stakes. Um, it's exciting. It's a wee insurance policy as well, isn't it? You know, if you're not good enough to aye. be first or second, you've got something else that you can still, you know, aim for, and I, I think that's the good thing about it. I think the players would work better uh, if it doesn't involve the team that's second bottom of the league. I think whoever's second bottom league should be going down, in my opinion. Um, mm. But I think there should be increased leagues. That's another debate for another day. Um, oh, another, another team who I never thought would be, well, I thought they'd be in the playoffs, but at the right end of the table, Dunfermline. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know well, what's we, going wrong there. We've done better this season, John, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. My predictions were terrible, man. Unbelievable, honestly. Where did Darren come from in the lower league? We'll talk about that. No, where did they come from? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do, do you know so what they, we should do? They started really well, though, John. I think Peter Grant, they won. I think they beat Thistle in the, in the, bet, in the, the Premier Sports Cup. 4-0 at, at Hill or the bet Fred or whatever. But they started really well and I thought they'd go and kick on, but they've just had an absolute horrendous season. Yeah. They really have. And, uh, I wouldn't put my money on them staying up. No, I, really no. I think I know the way we all know that Yogi likes to play football, he likes to pass. You know about we do that tomorrow night at Fair Hill against Queen's Park. You know, yeah. and if you know if have they got the fighting spirit to because by all accounts Queen of South beat them last I mean last Friday night at home. And again, I, I know they eventually won anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered, but they still lost a game at home where they were fighting for their lives, you know. And I, 
yeah. fear for them. I really do. I, th- I think they could. I think they could slip out of that league very, very easily. I'm stunned it hasn't worked under John Hughes um, because he did well in the top flight with Ross County to keep them up and he's had more than enough time. Yeah, Peter Grant the first 10 games didn't win any, probably rightly um, lost his job. But then John Hughes has had, what, 25, 26 games and he's only won six? Mm. I kept, I kept expecting them to kick on. I really I kept expecting them to pick up, but it's just not happened. But does this not come back to the same thing that we're talking about with Falkirk? And in actual fact, and the reverse of that is like a growth. It's all about recruitment. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a stock of players that are rotating in two, three-year contracts every year. All the clubs lower down the leagues are just losing pretty much half, three-quarters of a squad. And it depends on the quality of the manager to, you know, pick players up and also mould them really quickly. So Louis had 26 games. He's no 26 games with his players and the, some of the players, the player recruitment that Peter Grant's obviously had, it's just no good enough. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. What Dick's got up at a broth is, he's, he's picked his team, he's got a couple of guys in loan that can do a job for him, but it's, it's basically right. a, a foundation of players here, Paul, that he can rely on, and they boys love playing for him, and I think that's the difference. When you've got a manager you want, you'd run through a brick wall for, but Dick, I mean... I seen the video of our week out of the ball coming down off the roof and hit on the heat and the whole crowd all cheering and all that. Hey, it's just different class. I never watched it. I don't know if David did, but I, I heard them in the dugout against me quite a lot and gave me dogs abuse, but it was, <laughs> it was brilliant, you know? And, and to have that squad that like you're talking about, you've maybe got 18, 19 solid pros, part-timers that turn up every week, they enjoy their training. Instead of having 29, 30 players that you rotate and yeah. play differently every time. I agree with you. I think you've got to have your core. There are guys that guys that will play 20, 30, 25, 30 games for you every season. And they, they do that out of breath. They boys turn week in, week out, and they turn up from. So I think there's a lot to be said in that. Oh, you're right, Ali. It's not, it's not a magic formula for getting a no. squad that's, as you say, get a core of experienced players that know the leagues, know what it takes to win, sprinkle with a few youngsters. You know, maybe a couple of low knees. Yeah. And that's what Dick's done. He's gone mm-hmm. out, he's got the boy Newbley from from Livingston. The boy Hamilton to come back from Livingston and replaced him. And he's got a, a score of experienced players. And they just yeah. you know that it's no it's no it's no a secret. You know, it's no a secret. I think a lot of guys, a lot of modern day coaches and a lot of guys t- t- you know, t- tamper with things and they, they think they've got the books on it and all that. It's no, it's no rocket science, Sonia. You know, just get a set team out. It used to be, and I don't know, Paul's right what he's saying, because it used to be you'd come in, and if you had a good game one week, you could just walk in and put your jacket on your peg next week and you were playing. I don't think that happens in no, at, at certain clubs. No. I don't. Well, this, you know? this rotation, Alien. Yeah. Why, why do you want to rotate a team that's won the week before? Just exactly. You've won. Exactly. You've got, you've gone and won a game. You score a you score a couple of goals. Come in and start the thing. I'll be playing, and then a the manager calls you in and say, "Ali, I'm I'm giving you a wee rest this week." Aye. You're like what? I know. What do I mean? know. No, I don't want to rest. No. <laughs> I want to play. I want the bonus money. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, I think the other problem for them, Dunfermline's been scoring goals. Um, I think their top scorer is Kevin O'Hara. Um, 
the six goals this season. Look at enough. That says it all, Alan. That says it all. You look at all their teams that are up there challenging. They've got a guy that puts the ball away. Both obviously the few when they get the two lone players in. Um, but and the boy to get the, the the player of the year. So there's a few of them, you know. And you look at Big Brian Graham at Thistle Paul. What is it? It's 19 yeah. goals maybe. Yeah. You look at Kelties. You look at you know um, the other teams. Yeah. You look at Joe Cardinals at 13 goals and. So they've got players in there that can all score. And if you've not got guys that can do that regularly, then you've no chance. You have no chance. Definitely not. And another team who had no chance because they couldn't score goals, Cooney South, um, I think a couple has um, had them going down this season. I personally had Morton. Um, I think had they not changed their manager, they would have been going down because they were bottom under yep. Gus. But Dougie Emery has come in and done a fantastic job. Yeah. Queen's maybe left it that too late with Alan Johnson, I think. And... Um, you know, they're now going down and I think it's going to be difficult for them next season to come back. Yeah, maybe so. He definitely got a response for you, Dougie, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he went yeah, a few games. Yeah, they turned the corner, really did. And then they started to kind of go back to where they were a wee bit. But a good appointment. Um, and if other teams, as you, as you say, if Queenie South had done it earlier, and I don't know, you were talking about Big John Hughes here. Is, is, is he actually played more games than Peter Grant played then? Aye. Yeah. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Is it because he's an SFA man? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just asking the question. What's the difference? Look at, the, look at these two managers. Like Peter Grant's had some experience. He's, yeah. he's the assistant manager in the Premier League in England at West Ham. and You know, he's been all over. Yeah. He's been, in the national, been involved with the national team. Yogi's had a lot of experience. And both they both struggled with a club that I think somebody said it. it might have been Alan or I don't know who it was, but somebody said it's recruitment. The recruitment yeah. has to be right. And even Jose Mourinho and Guardiola, if they've not got the players, they're not going to turn them into a winning squad, you know. And I, think, I, I don't um, know. If... I think right on that, right on that note, when losing, losing Stephen Dobby uh, at the end of last year for Queens, um, I mean they've just not replaced him. It's another team that's just missing a target man. I mean, they've, they've given a couple of Ali Roy's try to play up front. Ali's never a goal scorer. He gets himself into good positions, but he doesn't score goals. And this has been this. I think that's been the story of his career, to be honest. But I think Queens have been local. Um, obviously in Dumfries, and you, you hear and you read about all the trials and tribulations. But I mean, Alan Johnson did really well with Queens the last time round. I think he got them up. They won the Challenge Cup. And I think they thought he'd come back and do the same, but they quickly turned on him, which I was surprised at. The fans quickly turned and they eventually got rid of him and gave it to Willie Gibson. But I think Willie Gibson had the worst record and lost eight games in the bounce, you know, which is one of the worst runs in Queen's history by all accounts. But by all, but the, the fans still want to give Willie the job. So it's, you know, it's, Crazy. David, am I right, am I not right in saying that the kind of the start? I can remember at the start of the season. I don't know if it's when we done the, the the start of the season podcast, but run about then. I think we only had about seven players in our books or something like that. Right at the very right. start. I mean that that right. that does does it bode well? You know, I mean you've got to have you've got to have an idea who the manager's going to be if he has as Alan Johnson, and he's got to have a budget to get in maybe 15, 16 players and then get loan guys in. I think a limited squad. Did they know? They did, Ali, and I mean, they're still, look at it just now, I mean, the season's finished. If Willie Gibson's been the caretaker manager, the season's now, why not just come out and say, 
he's either giving them the job or you're not. Why drag it on in another two or three weeks before they make a decision? At that time, you know what it's like. Players will be looking at they'll be getting offers from other clubs already, and Queens will be they'll be left behind again. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say it's a bit like Falkirk at Queens because there's been lots of behind the scenes issues with directors, the board, uh, disconnect with the fans. Um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff we've been involved in at the Fans Association with Queens fans. This has been going on about 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, where directors won't talk to them. Uh, the supporter liaison officer left. You know, there was all sorts of shenanigans, and it's a bit like the Falkirk scenario when that stuff is so there for everybody to see off the park. Um, it can quite often just slip into the, the culture of the club. And it was a it was a very, very um, difficult club before the season a ball was kicked. And back to what you said, Ali, they only had six, seven players signed. Why mm-hmm. was that? You know, who knows what? But I know from behind the scenes, the fans weren't happy 18 months ago. And, and it's just obviously got worse. I think they've been flirting with relegation for quite some time. And yeah. when you're constantly in that position, it eventually catches up you. And that could happen to a team like Air next season because they're now heading in that same way. So it'll be interesting next season because um, Cove have obviously come up. And Cove, although they've said they're staying part-time, you know, we know they've got ambitions to um, go that bit further yeah. as well. And worthy Champions League. Good run by Airdrie to, um, you know, give them a run for their money and I know Katie Robertson on uh, Twitter was saying what a season we've had after a bad start um, but they've, had, they've been playing some good football um, but a couple of late, real late goals probably cost us title. none more so than that phrase a five-year goal at um, well, you're, Field. You're, all, you're also talking into the fact that there's a couple of guys a couple of young managers there that, that could move now with some of these some, some teams are going to be looking for managers so you've also got that merry-go-round going to be happening as well as where the players are going in. Guys stand by some of the players as well. So there's going to be a lot of movement at the start of the season, guys. There's no doubt about it. Um, you've got Ian Murray, who's done a fantastic job. I know he was at Dumbarton and St Mern kind of thing, but he's, they really like him there. But is he big? Is he good enough to step into a bigger club? I don't know what bigger club would take him. Paul Hartley's done brilliant up there. Is he happy there? Is he going to get a chance? I mean... Can you have the Hibs job? I'm just saying, you know, things like that where there's going to be movement again. So there's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to see what players go where under what managers, the managers move on. So, um, you know, and a lot of players do move because of the manager. It's as simple as that. You know, they'll go where the manager goes because they can trust them. Um, so that Cove one's an interesting me for me, John. It's a, it's a kind of, they're staying part time or I think that's interesting. You know, I really do because they've stepped up again and they've done brilliantly. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because if they're if they're struggling in that new league, do they sign better players? The better players are going to be full time. What way do they go? But I think I think it's going to be a really really interesting time to start the season with the movement of players and managers. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a feeling that Cove will probably end up saying Nancy Constantine next because um, they've signed Mark Reynolds. They've got Fraser Fivey. Um, basically, they'll have a look at who are Aberdeen releasing. We'll pick yeah. up one or two of them. But, you know, they give them a platform at a lower level and they, they obviously show that they can perform that level. I mean, look at Mitch Beginson again. Fantastic. You know, his goals are is it nearly one in every 
one and two he's got something like that for 30 odd 40 games and 20 odd goals brilliant yeah. absolutely brilliant he's done it a season before and he's done it this season again so fair play to him yeah what they, can, what they can offer John is the finance I think that's the biggest thing at, at all levels Ali will tell you it's it's no secret the team with the best budget tend to come out on top and if Cove can well they're, I know they're paying good money for some of their players I've got already so if they continue to do that they can attract the best players they could be up there they could go again they really could it's one of those things, David, it's, it's almost like if they do the kind of hybrid model, they've talked about mm. that, which is what they do in Scandinavia, where you're well paid, you know, very well paid uh, professional footballer, albeit semi-professional on, on the, in, the, in the public's eye. But if you get a good job, it can be, you know, it can be a very attractive proposition uh, yeah. for some players, uh, especially up there, because as we say, there's not a lot of competition in terms of, you know, who else can you play for? And the higher up the leagues that they go, I think it's a it's a good model that can work for them. And a, and a manager that's come back and proven himself after the fiasco that he had at Falkirk. So was it Paul Hartley that was a bad manager or was it the board at Falkirk that completely got the whole scenario wrong? Don't know. Well, well according to the Falkirk board, um, anyone who you speak um, connected with Falkirk has tried harder against Falkirk. So that answers your question there, Paul, doesn't it, Alan? <laughs> I completely agree, and it's just it's just typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, I was reading out Katie's um, tweet. She's an energy fan, and um, you know says it's what a season it's been to be a diamond. But right now, um, they're one that di- one down in Montrose. Another team who we speak about them every year, overachieving, um, being in this position, given the fact that they nearly went out the the league a few years ago. Um, but Stuart Peach also doesn't want to commit yourself full time and understandably so but yeah that's going to be an interesting second leg in um, doing an Airdrie because you know Montrose are one up and I think a lot of people looking at it before and would have thought Airdrie would be nailed on for that playoff Yeah I think uh, Petrie's done a brilliant job again there um, at Montrose I'm actually I'm, I'm in Montrose right now but I'm, I'm on a ship in the harbour and I, I swear I could hear Lynx Park for here uh, when they scored but uh, actually, actually, for a second, I thought about going along to the game tonight, and I, and I just I couldn't put myself through it. Um, after what Montrose did to us last season, um, by tripping us to fourth place, uh, I thought, no, they're going to get my ticket money. But uh, <laughs> Was that a speed moment? What, what we could have had? <laughs> uh, what, we, what we could have had, I know. Oh, but just, uh, just to do that back-to-back, what was it, four seasons or three seasons in a row or something? Um, and obviously getting third place. So a uh, cracking job they're, they're doing there. And... Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's certainly with the tie interest. I think Airdrie would have been heavy favourites, but um, aye, it's a, it's a second leg on television. Do we know? Couldn't tell you, mate. Don't know. Not sure. I think I it's just the start, final. I remember, I remember at the start of the season, I was saying before Peter Grant actually got the Dunfermline job, but I, I, I thought Stuart Petrie was a shoe in for it. Yeah. Yep. I, I did. And by the way, he might still get it. Mm. You know? Um, but he seems to be happy where he is. He's doing a great job, so. Um, they're, they're a bit of, they're, I think you picked up Montrose team a couple of times in the old results thing because they were just so unpredictable, especially at home. <laughs> no, it was, they're, they're, you know, good side. Both teams to score, 95th minute, minute winner again. <laughs> Done that a couple of times, I think. <laughs> 
Ali, she'd maybe take your um, predictions tips from uh, Davy's daughter Amy because she's obviously doing well on the BBC with her predictions. Is that right? You get the same as her men. Can I get it? Hopeless. She knows not to ask me, Ali. Aye. Aye. Take Annan. Well, Annan won tonight, which, given the recent form, I was quite surprised at it. I had them bottom at the start of the season, so for them to finish. Well, third and end, but they were second for a long time. I think that's incredible. I think you and I agreed on that one, John. <laughs> can't believe how it. it. How did it finish, John? Was it 1-0? Or? It finished 1-0 to Annan at home to Forfar. And yeah. probably more surprising, Edinburgh City 4, Dumbarton 1. Oof, I was really surprised big. with that scoreline. That's a huge result for Edinburgh. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Terrible result for, for Dumbarton. Oh, yeah. yeah, terrible. Who, again, another club in crisis. Uh, owned by a guy who's a bank, a declared bankrupt, struck off for 12 years, uh, hid the ownership when they came in islands, sold it to Norwegian who had nothing to do with football. It's an absolute shambles. It's all about trying to sell. Mark my words, Dumbarton has been two years in the making of another Clyde Bank. And, I, and yeah. if they survive next season, I'll be surprised. Uh, because it's all hinging on this land deal for him to to get money back out of the club. It's an absolute disgrace. They talk about fitting proper person. It's a joke, Scottish football, as far as that's concerned. What is the fit, fit and proper test? Um, do you have money? Yes, pass. That, uh, you got it, John. You got it. Terrible. You know, it's, that's a history. You know, that's one of our oldest clubs. That's what I'm just going to say. Yeah. Pure first champions along with Rangers, you know, huge, you know, uh, club in, in the early days of the league and, you know, a, a great club, you know, right up until, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, we're still a big club selling players for a million quid like Ian Wallace and things. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. Graham Sharp, you know, a great hotbed of talent down in Dumbartonshire and it's just been ruined. Because, oh, the Coils you know, played from Paula. Oh, the Coils yeah. played from Renault, didn't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the McAdams, you know, yeah. I mean, go back to that. Murdo McLeod. Murdo. So this is, this, what is a team. Uh, this is about 10 years this, is, this deal's been going on since mm. uh, since Rankin sold the club to him. And it's just an absolute shambles. And the number of times that I've, we've had inside information and gone to the SFA about, about some of the, the, the dodgy deals and they just turn a blind eye. They're not, they're not interested. As long as they can fulfil a fixture on a Saturday, it doesn't matter. Disgraceful. Is, is Dumbarton your, in terms of the clubs in the, in the league, is, is Dumbarton your biggest concern for next season? I, I would say so. I would yeah. also say Falkirk's a major concern in yeah. terms of the money that they've burnt. Uh, I mean, yeah. I like, you know, people like Kenny Jimison that's going in there. I know Kenny well, absolute top guy. But I, I, I do worry about Falkirk. I just don't know where the money's coming from. I don't yeah. know how they can maintain full time football for another season. So obviously, in terms of the, the ones that could fall over, if you look uh, at it, um, Dumbarton's definitely the biggest worry. Queen of the South, uh, uh, concerns about them. And obviously, from a different, from a plain side of things, obviously, Cowdenbeath, will they follow Berwick Rangers and Easterland go down and no get a chance ever to come back up? Now, that, I'm not particularly worried because that's a sporting integrity type thing, but Dumbarton, you know, is, is, is a shocker. It really is. 
I think regarding that one, I think last time Cowden beat for in that situation was against East Kilbride about seven years ago when East Kilbride should have beat them. They missed a penalty kick, Paul. That's right, I remember, Ali. And that, that would have maybe have put them there, but they've survived till now. And I know it's Bonnie Rig Rose, whether Bonnie Rig Rose can, can finally put that nail in the coffin to them or else to Cowden Beath. Because see, see again, looking at some of the results this season, sometimes you're looking, I don't fancy Cowden Beath here, and they've, they've beat some of the bigger teams at the top of the league. You know, so it's who turns up on the day, and then they just get through the same story again as they went through this season. It's just a continuous. I, you've got to take your hat off to the likes of Bonnie yeah. Rig Rose and Kelty and things like that. They're progressive. It's yeah. better for the game. They're bringing young players forward. They've got academies. They're, you know, what have Cowden Beath contributed? I mean, I love the Blue Brazil history and all that. But yeah. what have they contributed Scottish football I in agree. the last 25 years? Hee-haw. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's just the fresh blood that's, um, you know... Um, Coming a big threat to the, you know, the, the hangers on, if you like, the likes of Cowden Beath and Albion Rovers. And I mean, no disrespect because I know there's some of your former clubs, Ali, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's a clubs, there's, there are clubs coming in that are progressive, that are spending a, a little bit of money, and at some point they're going to break through. And then you worry for, t- I mean, look at Berwick, they, they were mid table in the Lowland League and things like that. You just fear that that will happen to Cowden Beath. I mean, it's yeah. great the pyramid systems been brought into Scottish football. Aye. Give can, can I, can I just, I'm just going to say, David, can I just say something that John won't believe that he'll actually hear coming out of my mouth? Okay. And that is, we've got to praise Stuart Reagan. Because Stuart Reagan, you know, he was a man who pushed for the pyramid because yeah. he saw it working effectively in England and there were so many doubters. Again, what ruined Scottish football? Self-interest. You know, right. they, they all, all voting for themselves, not the big picture. And Reagan took that one on the chin and he pushed it through. Gordon Smith started it, but it was Reagan that got it across the line. And and again, it's been a, a breath of fresh air, a bit like the playoffs. It's, it's mm-hmm. a good, been a good development for Scottish football. Isn't that a case now that they're kind of tweaking a wee bit here and there now, Paul? And they're trying to bring in some of the, the bigger clubs now and it kind of takes away the whole... Story of the pyramid, didn't it? You know, bringing football into the communities, like you're saying, the Celtics, maybe Flesh Mahago could get in there. You've got Talbot, they want to be the big fish and junior fit, but we've got Bonnie Rig Rose. There is some massive teams there that could come through. But now they want to, they want to change the rules a wee bit and bring in a Hartsby, a Hibsby. Uh, you know, I mean, does that benefit the, the other teams? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think the one, if you talk about, uh, I mean, the one that I had a, with a long debate in this with, was with John Collins, who was talking about how important it is and re- stating all the, the statistics for Belgium and Holland and Germany and Spain, where they have these B teams for the bigger teams. Uh, to me, just as somebody who follows a Diddy team, these are both played for, you know, I, I feel that anything that gives Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs an added advantage is no something I want, but the bigger picture again comes back to the thing about youth development. Uh, I was talking to Craig Brown at the weekend, and he was saying, "Project Brave, project go and get your act together and start thinking about how you develop young Scottish talent because it's still not happening. It's not happening well enough. It's not connected. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Would the B thing work? There's somebody better qualified, and I'm just a fan. I don't know. You guys are players. You, you, you know, who knows? The jury's well, out. I read an interesting, 
Sorry, John, I read an interesting thing the day, and it was about the Man United, the youth, the, the, it was about youth development. I know this is a different thing, but it's just to kind of tell you where where it's happening. There's a full squad of youth development players that went through, and they were under 18, 17, 18s. And, and out of the 22 of them, something like 19 get released. They fell out, they fell out with the game. They didn't play. The development for eight-year-old right to that age, they ended up going down the leagues and they're no 50%, 60% of them aren't playing football. Yep. I bet you if you turn back the clock when we were younger, when me and David were coming through and it was a reserve football on a Saturday and you went to Celtic Park and they went to Kobawi, there was more guys coming through and getting more experience then than there is in this youth football nowadays. Now, I know that's a different argument, but I firmly believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. And another thing that I think, just from a personal point of view, needs to change. Um, this playing each other four times a season is a lot oh. of nonsense. You could be playing some teams up to seven, eight times a season, depending on the cup draws um, as well. It's and then playoffs. Yeah, and post, yeah, the playoffs as well. So, um, but we're unfortunately um, the TV companies will only invest if they get a guaranteed Rangers Celtic four times a season. And I think the old firm game's diluted a wee bit as well because of this. But that's just again, that's just a personal point. I mean, how did you guys feel about playing the same guys every two or three months? It's something you just get. I mean, you got used to it, but it wasn't enjoyable. I mean, you get, you know, you're. I'm not saying there was. You would take grudge matches into, you know, two or three weeks later because somebody's got you sent off. But it did become monotonous going to the same, you know, playing the same teams every nine weeks, you know, and it's. I think more for the fans as well. I think the fans would rather see different teams, you know. But again, it's probably, it's probably another discussion for another night. But the yeah. whole restructure of the game, I think, it's something that we've, I know that pyramids is started, but it's still not right underneath League Two. There's still a lot of work to be done under there. But I still, personally, I I would go for bigger leagues, definitely yeah. bigger leagues. When you look at when you look at the Premiership this season, and you look at you look at. I, I didn't actually mind it because when we were playing against Rangers and Celtic four times, you all your mates were going to the game and all that stuff, you know, and got up to Aberdeen and that, it was, I suppose as you, as you go down the leagues, it's a wee bit different, but I think when you look at the top league this season, I think you all agree that it's Rangers and Celtic are streets ahead of everybody else. The rest of the teams are absolute garbage. I mean, there's no a decent team among them. I mean, maybe Hearts, I mean, how can Hearts come up with their budget? And I know they had a few quid, but they've, they've run away with third place. The other teams are all established teams in there. They just came up for the league below. That did you tell me that the, the league that were in a good place with the football. And I don't think Rangers and Celtic are particularly brilliant, but they're way ahead of everybody else, you know, and I think that's poor. I, I prefer, <laughs> as what Paul says, I like the lower league games where you're gone and there's bare competitive things and there's, you know, a cow and beef can beat a, an airdrie or whatever it is, you know, and just the Premier League's been a bit of a bore this season for me, and especially, I mean, you know, I know we're not going to talk about that, but oh, the turnaround for Celtic's been incredible, but but the standard between the rest of the teams, but that's, that's the teams you look up to, John, that's the teams that the, the, the guys that we all go to watch want to play for these teams, that's what they aspire to do, they want to be, they want to do, do better at football, mm-hmm. and look, you know, on, on Twitter and on all different kind of fan things, and I don't know if Alan agrees with me when we look at the higher leagues, but all the, the supporters days moan about their clubs. That's what they do. They're garbage and <laughs> players and all that. And 
it's just I think it's been really a really poor season for the top league I would go along that especially more in club but thankfully we're not going to talk about the top flight no, <laughs> so the fact Hearts are like 20 odd points clear in third place to Dundee United yeah. is, is, is all. all for me and Hearts are 20 odd points behind Celtic and Rangers so yeah yep, that's exactly where we're at um, I do need to do a little um, advertisement here for our um, pay sponsors Manscaped but I can't do it as well as good John so I'll just um, say it quickly um, for any other products, if you type in the code SFF20, you get 20% off and free shipping. Um, but I don't have the power to do what John does, so I'll just leave it there. Um, so in terms of um, the team who went down from uh, League One, East Fife, um, I think some people might have thought they might have been top end of the season. Didn't quite happen for them. Um, Stevie Crawford came in, did his best, but just not been a good season for them and I'm going to pick out another team who have underachieved in the lower leagues still and I'll be in a lot of us expected them to be top four this season in fact I think them yeah. the boy Conley's went on holiday yeah. funnily enough um, he had I, thought they'd not, I, thought, I thought they'd have made the playoffs I really did I did I, I, I hold my hand up <laughs> terrible they were close for quite some time Mally they, they, yeah. so they, they were kind of fifth sixth even up to about five or six weeks ago, and, and it just went badly wrong again. You know, uh, I, I, you've got to think about how many managers have they had in the last five or six years. Yeah. Just a, a revolving door. How can that yeah. build continuity? Again, there's no structure underneath the first team. There's no proper academy. You know, we've talked about it before, you and I, about how the whole of Stirlingshire should be a, a feeder yeah. for them, especially mm-hmm. with the Falkirk Academy dropping out. You know, yep. the, the clubs at Milton and Riverside and all that have produced international players in the past. No connection, no interest. It's it's a real shame. A real shame. Yeah, totally agree. I thought they'd done a lot better than they did. I thought they'd done a lot. Manage, managerial change as well, wouldn't it? As you yeah. say, it's that three, four managers the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Kevin Rukovic was doing a decent job as well. And I don't know, something's happened behind the scenes, I think. It's made him walk away but I'm like, like the rest of you I thought Stella would be up there yeah. at least at least playoffs at least playoffs so that was a shot they finished where they did Alan does that give you some comfort in the season that Stella and Armin didn't do as well uh, uh, Connolly isn't sleeping soundly I absolutely um, <laughs> I mean uh, it's one of the small glimmers but you're talking there just about um, uh East Fife as well going down. Um, East Fife, uh, they had that um, sort of performance school with East Fife that was sort of majorly funded by Dunfermline, um, covering the Fife area. That uh, With Dunfermline's new ownership, um, they closed down that academy, which I think was a source of some... Uh, well, I think Dunfermline, I think the bigger picture is Dunfermline want to invest in their own academy just for their own club. Um, but obviously that's been to the detriment of the, the, other, the other Fife clubs. So... Um, I think there is talks about uh, a new SFA performance school perhaps being moved into Fife. I don't know how far along that is. But, um, yeah, you're losing that sort of um, it's that opportunity to, to bring in young players. Um, I think quite a lot of professional contracts came out of there as well. So, yeah, um, that, <laughs> I, don't know, I can't see them going straight back up. That's bad news when clubs close down um, academies, um, etc. I mean, you also know the ridicule that Falkirk got, Alan, when they closed theirs to guarantee promotion. Well, that turned out well, not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, it's, it's just a shit. I, I don't understand why like, 
teams in Falkirk, say for example, so you get the Falkirk still and Albion, um, etc. Et Why don't they rather than run their own separate academies, just come together and form one? Same with the Fife area. Um, same, same with like Lanarkshire. Both of them were, yeah, both of them were in place, Alan. Uh, that that yeah. you know the, the Falkirk one and and the Fife the Fife Elite Academy was funded by the SFA and it was Henry McLeish that actually was the chairman of it. So I know the details intimately of what happened and basically the SFA came in after Project Brave. All the top teams wanted more money going to the top teams' academies, which, let's be honest, have not exactly helped the top teams. And uh, they decided to cut all the budgets. So the Falkirk one was maybe not surprising. They saw the writing in the wall that the, the, the shared academy with Steny and Falkirk that wasn't going to last. But the Fife one held on, and it was only this year when you rightly say they change ownership. But the reason it happened is the SFA withdrew the funds. It was half the funds it was the previous year, and obviously Dunfermline don't have the resources to put the rest in, so it just had to close its doors. But what's happening for elite talent development in Fife? Will we ever see better players coming out of Fife again? I mean, you know, we've had loads of international players out there in the past, are we just going to leave them to, you know, maybe Dunfermline and maybe Wraith Rovers? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's a big uh, having like and having the, the performance schools where they are in the country. I mean, like the commute, just getting from every because uh, what uh, how many days a week do they train in the performance schools? Um, every day. Uh, how many, every day. Uh, so, I mean, uh, how you how can you commute for Fife to Edinburgh to Broughton? Like uh, every day of the week, you can't. It's uh, especially yeah. for those in, like with lesser income. So it's a uh, it's a massive barrier, as you said, on producing elite talent at a time where, but if anything, if not. And else, we're seeing the national team with Billy Gilmore and Patterson, etc., and um, and the women's team with all these JD tags sort of bursting through at the scene. You would expect that to sort of galvanise everyone. And go, hey, this is working. Pump more money in. Um, aye, I so. think that that money, Alan's only is really dependent on the national team being successful and getting into World Cups, getting into Euro- yeah. European qualifying or sorry, Europa leagues. And- if, if the national team can get to Qatar, the financial kickback, I would hope, would be Aye. significant enough for them to invest in. Because I'm in a region, there's nothing in down in Dumfries and Galloway at all. Nothing. You know, and there's two guys in the Scotland squad, Grant Hanley and Lyndon Dykes, lived, grew up in Dumfries. I know Lyndon was back and forward, but there's nothing in Dumfries and Galloway at all. And there's barren regions in Scotland that have got no performance skills, nothing going on. And if the senior David, that comes back anything, to the I was just going to say that comes back to the big issue that what happened in Fife, what happened in the central belt is and it's the, the conflict between the self interest of the clubs. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at what's actually happened to the SFA, the SFA has actually been taken over by the clubs. So people in the past have said we should only have one governing body. But what an actual fight we had in the past, way back to the days of Jim Farry and everything, we actually had a controlling body that ran football in Scotland and the league was part of it. Now what we have is Celtic and Rangers, and mostly Celtic over the, the Peter Law years, actually run the SFA. And there's a huge conflict of interest. The board of directors in the SFA that are meant to be looking at you know, Dumfries and Galloway and went to be looking at Fife and went to be looking at all these other areas. Um, you know, they're not interested because they're actually board directors of Celtic or Hibs or Motherwell things. Mm-hmm. They don't give a, a monkey. They're only interested in clubs. Exactly. 
And it's mm. that until we we sort that conflict of interest out. And I know it is, John. I'm cutting over. It's another program, but we've been working quite relentlessly on this uh, change. You've seen what's happening in England with a call for a, an independent regulator. And we've been working really, really hard, uh, Henry McLeish and myself, and that's why we were talking to Craig Brown. We've had lots and lots of people inputting, and I would really have a separate conversation with you guys because I, I do think you know former players can contribute, former managers, a lot to this debate. But there's a lot of work still to be done We've got to change the way that Scottish football is governed or else we're just going to continue to a downward spiral. Um, you know, and there's other issues there that tie into it. We talked about Billy Gilmer and, and Patterson. Um, the, is is that working for Rangers, that academy structure? They sell Billy Gilmer for half a million quid. He's never played in the Rangers first team. And after 12 games or 14 games, Patterson's away. The fans don't see a talent, you know, and it's just for the money. Um I don't know, but I don't have the answers, trust me. I'm a facilitator in this debate, not, <laughs> not providing the answers. All I can do is from a fan's perspective. But there's huge, huge issues here that, uh, that, that tie into all of these um, these kind of you know lower league clubs as well. I think that's why it's such a complex issue just now, because you, this same conversation ties into are the lower leagues being diluted with the B teams? Uh, and yeah. it's obviously, it all falls back into... Like players need games. These young guys need competitive games um, at a progressing level in order to improve. And I think, uh, obviously, you've seen the other side of the coin where you've seen all these youth players at Rangers and Celtic and, I guess, other clubs up in the country who are leaving before they sign that first professional contract. Ben Doak, obviously, going away to Liverpool. Um, when, I, I don't know in terms of, I'm not, I'm no professional in terms of uh, how, how to develop a football player, but I'd want to see him I'd want to see him in League Two. I'd want to see him in League uh, League One. Um, I mean, look at Luke O'Connell. I think he's had a really good year um, at Queens Park. Um, uh, these these players are playing twenty, thirty games a season and developing. Um, and it's just it doesn't seem the rule doesn't seem to be applied. Obviously, there'll be other factors in their size and whether they're, they're robust enough or the, the stages they are in the development. But there's definitely. It's an intricate web of issues that, as you're saying, it's good to hear that there's actually conversations going on to resolve them. Yeah, definitely. I think that also falls on. I think that also falls on the players as well, John. I think that. I think that goes down to the hunger of the players. I mean, sorry, saying that they're quite happy staying at the Celtic and Rangers, Hearts and Hibs and Motherwells and things. But see, you're 22, 23, and you're not in the first team. You need to move on. You need to cut your cloth, and you need to go to Inverbrough. You need to go to Livingston. You need to go to St Johnson. And you need to go and, you know, be man enough to, to try and start again and make, make a career for it yourself. I mean, this happens too much. There's guys, been at, there's guys at Celtic Rangers that have been there for years. There's that boy getting released. I think he's getting released this week for Rangers. I don't even know who he is. I don't, I don't know some of the guys that are, are there. The boy Joyce at Celtic, he's been there about seven years. He's in the fortunes. He's just got to play somewhere Ali, else. Yeah, the other thing, Ali, is like, if you actually look at Celtic Rangers squads, how many of them are actually young Scottish players or, or Scottish players full stop? Yeah. There's so yeah, few of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it goes back to, you know, they're, they're the ones that are driving the strategy for Scottish football yeah. in terms of the academies, sucking in the money. And, you know, and we all know, but, you know, like Celtic's elite programme, they've got an elite programme up in Dundee. They used to have one on Aberdeen. 
You know, they had them in Tayside. You know, they're, they're taking all these other players from local clubs and they're sucking them into that machine. And it goes back to what you said earlier on mm-hmm. about what was happening in England, these academies. And I was privileged enough to meet Walter Smith once. And it was about academy structures that we were talking about a couple of years ago. And he said his biggest regret in football is that 95% of the boys that leave Rangers, they leave with a big head, they don't know how to look after themselves and they never kick a ball again. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if you take it into that, you know, the amount of money that's been invested for that 5% that do make it, and no, all of them are going to make it at the top level, you know, is it working? You know, and you've got to question it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a couple of programme ideas for John here. <laughs> aye, absolutely, aye. I mean, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I mean, yeah. me, and, me, me and David especially have, have been there. We've We've... Played in the top leagues, played in the bottom league, had to go to the bottom league to try and get to the top league again. Sometimes it can go into a personal opinion. But what you're finding now at these academies in Strangers and Celtic and Hearts and Hibs, when the mums and dads are going along with them, they're big fans. It's a big thing for them. They drive the bus. You know, they drive the boy. No, you're not leaving. You're at Rangers now. No, you're at Celtic. And before they know it, they're there four or five years and they're still not play the first team game. As Aaron says, get, get them out to Livingston, get them to St. Johnson. I know some of them do that. But then it's up to them to take the next step and go and make a professional living for themselves. It's up to them. The moment, it's nobody boys we're talking about. I mean, we were signing contracts with teams when we were 14, 15 S forums. You remember them, Paul? Absolutely. And if you weren't good enough, you know, you, you, you played with your boys' club again until you get picked up, and then you signed a professional contract. And by the way, the times have changed, as we know. Me and David were getting bubbled. 25, 30 quid a week at the time, way back then. <laughs> it's different. These guys are getting mega bucks now. So maybe they don't want to leave because of the money, but if they want to make a professional life for themselves, they have to go and do it off their own back. No, no listen to MD else, these agents yeah. nor that. They've got to go and do it themselves. Absolutely. Um, I think I think um, what the SPFL needs to do is um, get rid of people who are affiliated with clubs, bring in um, some pro- proper football people not involved with clubs, get an Ali Graham and Dave Irons and Paul Goodwin and all be sorted. Absolutely. Right, 17%. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually one of the, you know you, you you say that John and you say it in jest, but you know one of the things that have been looked at in England is actually a shadow board, so you can actually you know put suggestions for the problem we have is like some of the suggestions that we've spoken about tonight are are, are not formed out of a pie in the sky. You know how many years experience have you got in the room here? Me just watching the game and playing as yeah. best for Queen of the South, but these two guys. You know, the experience I've got is absolutely huge and right across the whole spectrum of the game. But who listens to it? You know, who, who takes that on board? You know, uh, there's no fi- there's no process there to have the facilitation to take all that, that, that wisdom and knowledge. Um, you know, and that's one of the real shames about it. Um, and I certainly know, I mean, we were talking to, and it's a man who, you know, I know he's been around the game a long time, but... Um, and is maybe not as opinionated as a lot of people would like him to be. Uh, but Fraser Wisher was talking to Henry McLeish and myself a couple of weeks ago, and he, he I've never heard Fraser so animated about his fears for the game and about mm-hmm. the younger players and how the way they're being discarded like never before. And the day after we spoke to him, Harps announced that this new international academy they would have, where, you know, they weren't looking at Scottish talent anymore. They want to bring in boys from Australia, New Zealand, other parts of Europe to form an elite Harps academy. How, how is that going to benefit the Scottish football, which is Harps' bread and butter? 
where they're from, where they play, you know. So I, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of, you know, things that can be fixed. And there's a lot of people who have got knowledge and experience and can see it because of those lack of uh, affiliations. And there's got to be some sort of way that we can actually make that happen. Yeah, definitely. And that's um, definitely a debate that we should have an, um, for another day. Now, we spoke earlier about the amount of manage, uh, teams who have changed managers this season. It's more than half the league anyway. But one club that um, didn't sack their manager, and he remains by far the most... Um, <laughs> The, the, the longest ever manager in the game is Jim McAnally, who has been in charge of Peterhead since 2011. And um, Colin, the Peterhead fan, asked him his thoughts on Peterhead's season. He did have worry at one win in 12 from January to mid March, had them worried, but then four wins and five at the right time helped them um, achieve their survival goal. Um, and a much younger Sefman McAnally this term has an iron building for his team for the future. With that in mind, should be aiming higher next season. And they gave them a six out of 10. Um, yeah, Jim McAnally's doing, um, st- you know, still doing a decent job. I think, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think that comes down to kind of the expectations. He ever be up there again, didn't it? Where did they expect to be? So they <laughs> Aye, well, well, you know, if, if that's the case, then he is doing a fantastic job. I mean, he, he goes through his wee sticky runs, didn't he? But he always pulls out a couple of good results. A difficult place to go. Seems to be doing all right up there. So, uh, you know, again, it's like it's. Fans are, you know, what fans are like. You know, if it's not going right for them, I mean, I look at the Motherwell stuff they're doing. Some of the stuff coming out of some of their fans is unbelievable. And some of it's correct, but some of it's, you know, I mean, I see a wee eye smile on your face, said Paul, because you probably read the same things. But I mean, what do they want for them? But where do, they, where, where do the Motherwell think they should be? I'm not being funny. Well, you know, you're going to challenge Celtic Rangers because you didn't a few years ago and go to a couple of cup finals. I don't know. They also went bust, remember, after That's that. That's right. So it comes down to, it comes down to that the fans are happy with him. I think the board should listen to the fans sometimes and just, you know, and go, well, listen, Jim's doing a good job up there. That's where they are. If for some reason he hits a wee flip one and he can get into the playoffs, brilliant. But as long as they say he get relegated, as you say, I think he, I think he's kind of steady the ship because he is the longest serving manager, as you said. Jim contributes to which I'll um, speak up from. So, but <laughs> 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 well, we plugged there. Um, so um, we'll we'll end this in a wee minute. But because we've got playoffs ongoing, who do we think is going to be? Um, we'll start from the bottom. Cowden Beath versus uh, Bonnie Rigg. Who's winning over the two legs, Alan? Hey, uh, I'm going to go Bonnie Rigg. Yeah. David. I'm going to go with Cowden Beath. I think Morris Ross is. I think he's done. I know he's not had some great results, but I think he's steadied the ship and I think he's gone in there with the sole intention of being ready for this playoff because he must have known when he took the job they weren't going to get out of that situation. But I think he's worked away. I think he's, by all accounts, he's a good coach. So I just, I think they might just, I think Cowden Beath are going to just. Survive with the skin of their teeth again, Paul. I, I agree with David. I think that they've got a goal threat. They've, have they got wee Liam Buchanan still playing for them? I think they have. Aye, he's still there. Yeah. Aye, yeah. aye. You know, somebody like him who's been round the blocks. You know, I, I, I just think they might have too much for Bonnie. Uh, you know, be close. Definitely be close. I like. I'm going to go Bonnie. I think. Um, I think they've been in. The, 
ascendancy all season. I think they've got a, a winning mentality. I know Cowdenbeath can turn maybe a couple of teams over, but it comes down to consistency for me. And I think they're going into a kind of Cowdenbeath are going into a kind of unknown against Bonnyrigg. So I'm going to agree with Alan. I'm just I'm just trying to make it two each here. I'm going to agree <laughs> with Alan, and I'm going to say <laughs> Bonnyrigg for me because I quite like the manager, and they have been through there a few times. And again, Paul. A good community club with a good support. So Absolutely. I think they would benefit. I think they would benefit coming up. That's my that's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So that gives me the casting vote. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Bonnerig two. So it's C for Bonnerig two for Ken Beath. If that was the score of the two games, that's a a good um, couple of games. Um, in terms of uh, who's going to be playing in League One, so. Annan, remember, won up against Forfar. Edinburgh City won up against Dumbarton. Who's going to in the final and who is going to be taking that ninth place in um, the league next year or tenth place in the league next year? Oh, I, I think this is the biggest score of the night. Um, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the other teams. I'll go for Edinburgh. David, yeah. I, I think I think Forfar, I think Forfar will get through. I know they've lost tonight one 0 but I think they'll, I think they'll beat Annan up there, and uh, and I think they'll beat Edinburgh. And I think Edinburgh are going to obviously beat Dumbarton, so Dumbarton are going to get relegated, and I think Forfar will take their place. Paul, yeah, I'm just going to agree with Davy again because it seems the easiest thing to do tonight. I, 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 so I, <laughs> Is he started as a prediction expert? No, him. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, I know, I know. But listen, I, I saw him play for many years with a plum at Fur Hill, so I've so often I get a chance to kind of. Sitting down the stairs, you're, you're sitting down the stairs since he's up there. You want another? No, at all. You want another Not cup of tea, Paul? <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I feel he deserves something because John Lambie was only paid him 35 quid a week so I feel he deserves a bit of extra bonus maybe I shouldn't say too much I was on Paul <laughs> twice as much as me then Ali <laughs> to, be, to be fair I saw David score a really good header in the game but also saw Ian Jess score four goals in the same game but we'll leave that there um, right. Yeah. Ali, it's I'm, going to, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with the guys. I think Forfar have got too much. I think they score a lot of goals up there. I think they're, I think they're a decent side. Um, quite surprised at Edinburgh. Actually, I thought I thought they were going to be one of the teams that kind of get into the kind of pyramid thing, get into the leagues, and just kind of hung about there. But they're quite surprised. They've been decent, but I think Forfar have too much, um, and I'm, I'm afraid it's Dumbarton or toiling. Yeah. Um... I'm going to go with uh, Forfar as well. I just think they've hit good form at the right time this season, um, and I think they'll overturn it. Watch Aston Barton will stay up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the championship, so Queen's Park and Dunfermline haven't played yet um, as they go in the sandpit tomorrow. Um, Montrose are one up against Airdrie, but who do you guys think are coming through that? Um, we'll go a different order. Ali, you'll kick it off this thing. It's a tough one. I think Dunfermline will overcome Queen's Park. I've just got a funny feeling. Airdrie. I think they can turn it around. Uh, I think Airdrie can turn it around. So, I, I think Dunfermline will stay. I think Dunfermline will stay in the league. I've got a funny feeling. I have. just got a funny feeling for them. I don't think the other two teams, are, although decent enough, I don't think they're good enough but that kind of goes against my bonnie rig on the front foot one didn't it 
Yeah, at least you're consistent with inconsistency. <laughs> Paul, um, so you're not copying David this time. What's your thoughts? No, that, that's, that's handy. It's Ali. I've got to copy. No, I, I think the film are going to have too much. And I just think it's Yogi. It's just that management experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that dressing room will be on fire. He will get them up for it. And I, I just think they'll probably get too many players with experience. Although they've underperformed. I, I think he'll guide them through it, and I think Dunfermline will stay the course. Uh, I think they'll probably be Airdrie in the, the you know the, the final. So, Mr. Irons, I think I'll probably have to go along with the, the lads. I heart and rule my head. I, I hope Dunfermline can stay in stay in the league. Um, it's too big a club to come down, but. I'm not 100% convinced they'll beat Airdrie. I think Airdrie will come through against Montrose. I think Airdrie have been really good at home this year. I think they'll overturn that 1-0 deficit at home. And then it's a real scrap with Dunfermline because I think they'll get through the Queen's Park tie. But I hope they do. Uh, So I'll have to to stick with Dunfermline, but I'm not 100% sure they'll they'll manage it, but I'll, I'll say they will. And Alan, are you going for um, your great teams in Finland as well, or do you think someone will actually beat them? Airdrie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think it's, going to, I think it's, going to, it's going to be tight. I mean, I've, I'm not going to rule out Queen's Park, surprising. Um, I mean, obviously, they've been hit or miss uh, over the last stage of the season, um, but they've, they've definitely got the squad, um, and the playoffs are a game in themselves, so... Um, it should be a good match, but I reckon if Dunfermline get through that, um, and Airdrie Air- have definitely got the capacity to overturn that Montrose game, um, I just reckon Airdrie are uh, the way they the way they've been playing, um, the goals are scoring, uh, and just obviously tight at the back as well. I, I just I, I can see them put, putting Dunfermline to bed and gain us a good away day next season. Um, Well, I think this is Airdrie's best chance of going up because I think next year is going to be so difficult with the likes of Kelty in the league um, and I'm going to say that Airdrie will do it because I just don't think Dunfermline have enough fight that's just my own thoughts Um, and in terms of the Premiership playoff who do you think are going to be playing St Johnston because let's be honest, St Johnston are heading into that playoff now and do you think that team can beat St Johnston over two legs? Same order, expert, Ali, kick us off um, Inverness. I think they've got enough. I think they can. They can do it. Will, will they? Will, will, will they get back into the Premiership? No. I think the team doing there will have enough for them. I think they're a big, strong team. No played particularly well this season. Um, but I think St Johnson can can stay in the league. Does that answer the question, Zach? Yes, Paul. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't see, again, I think it's just so weighted. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think Inverness will give a good account of themselves. And I think even against St. Johnson, I think our both would give a good account of themselves. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, it will be tight. It will be squeaky bum time up in Perth. And there's an argument that says that they've just been in that Premier League for the size of the club for such a long time. You know, when there's clubs bigger than them, Dunfermline and... You know, Dundee and all that kind of stuff who have, you know, bitten the dust. But I just think there's too many quality players there. And, you know, 
what Davison's achieved, Callum Davison achieved in the last few years, that'll gal- galvanise him. So uh, I, I would go for them beating Inverness in the, 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 the final. David? Yeah, again, I'll go along with what Paul said. I think it'll be an Inverness St Johnston playoff, and I think St Johnston will have enough to stay in. I hope they do. Again, I'm not one of my other old clubs. I, I hope they can survive. I think Callum Davis and I have learned a hell of a lot this year, and I'm glad they've oh. stuck by him. I think I think the two cups bought him a season of struggle. I think he, he earned the right to be able to survive a struggled season, but I think he'll come through it, and I think he'll be stronger and better for it. Uh, and I think they'll they'll survive. Well, it's going to be an all cup final for a man, isn't it? It's going to be a cup final again, isn't it? He's good at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Alan, you going to go against the grain of what the other three are saying? No, no, absolutely not. Um, I, I just, for all the reasons said, it's just it's, it's so weighted, um, and I'm just looking at their squad, and I just can't see past it. Um, so much quality in that St. Johnson squad, and they should, should, shouldn't be where they are. But um, I, I think when it comes through Inverness. Um, Ah, they should have, they should be should be enough. It might be should be a good game, mind you. Um, who did they get beat in the cup this year? Was it Kelty? They played. Yeah, yeah Kelty beat Johnson. Yeah. That, that was a good game. I think I think it'll be, I think it'll be a tight game. But uh, I I would like to see St Johnson get through that. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly against you because I'm going to say our both are going to get to this final. Just got a funny right. feeling they might, but ultimately I think St Johnson will be too good over. Um, the two legs against him. I think St. Joseph have still got some core of the players that won the cup last season and Callum Hendry came back for a while and um, was back on fire. I think guys like that will make the difference as well. So, yeah, I think St. Joseph will be staying in the league and there'll um, be no one else coming up from the championship. But listen, guys, thanks for your lower league roundup. Um, it's been a pleasure and hope to see you back on next season. Yeah, always back. back. You disappeared, John. Oh, I did. I. <laughs> I was talking to myself. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I was just. I was just saying that I think um, St. John's will be in the playoff final. Uh, will win the playoff final against our both. Um, but um, listen, thanks guys for everything your um, your um, contributions to um, not just this podcast um, tonight, but um, throughout the season. And hopefully, we'll be back on for more next season. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, thanks thank very you. much for that. Have a good summer, guys. You too.